Hey, welcome back to How Social Is Your Media. This is Season 2, Episode 6. Today featuring Julie Deem, a local Indiana entrepreneur. She runs the United State of Women podcast with a co-host. She is also the owner and operator of Greater Kokomo Massage and has started a new business, the Business Podcast Editor. Please enjoy our conversation and great to have a fellow podcaster on. All right, everybody, welcome back. Um, how's everyone been? Just another episode of How Social Is Your Media. I have Julie on, the indie mompreneur. Hello. Hi. All right, so we finally hit record. We've been talking, so that's a little behind the scenes action. Not a blooper reel, though, this time. I have a blooper reel. You ever done? You should do a blooper reel. I've, I've you know, started a file of miscellaneous content on my Audacity track. Or like if I'm cutting and pasting, I'll just cut like random stuff that doesn't make sense and put it onto this file so that I can go through one day and piece together a random episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. all right. Well, so who are you? Because we know each other from Instagram. That's how and I've been coaxing you onto, onto this program. So who are you? Explain yourself. Yeah, my name's Julie. Thanks so much for having me. Welcome. I live in Kokomo, and you live in Indianapolis. Yep, not far away. I visit Kokomo a couple times a month for work. So. Yeah, we have a location here in Kokomo at our, our only mall. <laughs> that is the only mall now, isn't it? Markling, because the other one they turned into a strip center. The, yeah, uh, I'm sure Kokomo the mall. is now no longer, according to the news. Yeah, I was wondering what was happening with that. That's uh, kind of interesting. So, um you know, and I'm a former employer of JCPenney when, and I left, uh, 2014, I left them. So, uh, after two years of turmoil where they were bleeding money and everything, cause people couldn't figure them out. So, but yeah, the one in Kokomo, that's a, it's been a good store. That one got hit pretty hard by storms about 10 years ago, I think too. So. Yeah. Yeah. The tornado a couple of years ago, we have tornadoes in Kokomo. We also have them in Indiana. I'm originally yeah. from Las Vegas and I, didn't even know really what grass looked like, much less a tornado. So when I moved to Indiana, that was an experience. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, I moved here 2013, December 2013 was like the worst snow that there has been <laughs> I've lived here. Yes, that's the worst winter we've had for a long while. And even since then, yeah, that was, I lived in Plymouth, Indiana. That winter it was right before we moved back to Indianapolis. Horrible, so yeah. My husband worked in Plymouth at SitePro. Okay. I don't remember that. It's probably somewhere near me. One of the little factories. Yeah, there's a ton of them up there. So It was like a cell phone tower. Um, we did like cell phone tower um, engineering. Okay, cool. Cool. So yeah, it's, uh, it's a lovely drive from Kokomo to Plymouth. <laughs> I know, especially times. one time I remember it took him almost four hours to get to work. The snow was so bad. But, you know, as long as the counties hadn't shut down completely, he still had to go. Yeah, that's that's what happened to me in twenty the beginning of 2014 was the, um, I lived in Marshall County, and I worked in, like, Kosciuszko and Cass County, so Logansport and Warsaw, Indiana. I couldn't go to work for, like, a week, so, because we had, wow. like, 42 inches of snow or something like that in five days, and miserable yeah you, don't, <laughs> so. you know in, in vegas you don't drive on county roads like you do in indiana and in indiana <laughs> the county roads don't get treated like you think they would no no so all right so um you know you go by indie mompreneur on instagram so what what are your entrepreneurial endeavors that you do 
Yeah, about a year ago, I opened a massage studio here in our local Chamber of Commerce building. Cool. And it's a professional studio. I basically work, um, I do trigger point therapy and cupping therapy. Oh, cool. Those are my specialties. And I deal with a lot of the business professional community because I'm in the Chamber of Commerce. A lot of my clients are usually in that building also or affiliated nice. with the Chamber somehow. That's a good one. Good way to get spillover, right? You know, and yeah, that's awesome. It's really good. Um, I've learned that I think a lot of us think that just because we know something, everyone else knows that too, right? And I think as a massage therapist, I've been doing massage since 2006. Okay, and so I've always just assumed that everyone knew that how great massage was. And I think in Las Vegas, the culture for massage therapy was a lot larger, like the community, a lot more people were open and understanding their very healthy lifestyle. But in Indiana, it's very different culture. Definitely. And I think I noticed right away when I moved to Kokomo that a lot of the massage community was connected to a salon. Yeah, definitely. That's, that is one place you're going to see like your, your, your spas, I guess, as, as you would call it. So and it's not like that in Vegas. It's very different. Like you either have a hair salon that does nail and hair and eyelashes or what have you, but then you have your massage, which is totally separate business, which is connected to maybe skincare or med spa. One of those things. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I'm bad. I've never had a massage. I've always tried to do those couple massages being married and, and, uh, the wife is never, she's like, I hey, just too awkward and too weird. And, and, uh, so I've never actually, um, been a part of that whole scene, but I know I'm trying to think around us even, I know I'm pretty close to Carmel. It seems like there's a lot, still a lot of the mixtures, a lot of the spa setting where you have the, uh, you know, I can get my, my hair did and my nails and all that stuff. And oh, like, oh yeah. by the way, get a, you know, get your back rubbed. So, well, yeah. and I, so I found that a lot of my clients were becoming, you know, women who were there getting their hair dyed and they're waiting for their hair to the color to process. So they have this like 30 to one hour time frame where they're sitting there with the foil in their hair and they just wanted me to rub their backs. And I was like, this is not satisfying. Like, <laughs> not feeding my passion. This is not what I thought I was signing up for. And so I started working in Noblesville as a massage therapist. Oh, for nice. Yeah. And I was commuting, um, and that's when I decided I wanted to start a podcast. Oh. The podcast came about because there's an organization that I volunteer and I serve on, which is a women's empowerment organization. And I had pitched the idea to our media marketing team that we should start a podcast. Well, that turned into like, hey, since it's your idea, you better figure it out. (laughs) Surprise. Surprise, if you want to be the podcast person, you can do it. So I I did. I figured everything out from audio editing to script writing to producing. I did it all and I shared that with the creator of our organization, Kalina, who is now my business roommate, essentially. We ended up upgrading my massage suite, the podcast studio, and her coaching business. And we took a huge suite downstairs in the Chamber of Commerce building in February. So it was our big hoorah like we're doing things moment right I, yeah. I quit my job in noblesville during the quarantine and i decided well we're full-fledged entrepreneurship now right well and i mean kind of like our little pre-meeting show here some of the things we we're talking about it sounded like it was the right time like just to kind of get out of it and and then you don't have to worry about all the weird different policies and everything you have to do with all the covid shutdowns or the the social distancing rules and all those things have been put into place so 
Exactly. Exactly. So, I agree with you. And I think, you know, I was already one foot out the door essentially. And, um, during the quarantine, I started my second business and that's oh. kind of where we really started talking. Yeah. I launched this business editing podcast thinking I would generate some revenue while I'm sitting at home. And that would be a great start for me finding an online business that would give me the flexibility to work from home. Yeah. And that's, and I thought that was a, a kind of a cool thing to do and to jump into as well. And, um, you know, I'd even looked at possibly adding it into my, my business as well, because I get into doing that. And, um, I don't think I take nearly as much time to edit my podcast probably as you do. I've listened to a couple of yours and I'm like, gosh, I still got to get better at this, but I go back every once in a while and I'll play a few minutes of the first two, um, you know, two or three episodes of this. I'm like, my gosh, that, the audio was just garbage, but because I had restrictions, I didn't have the right mixing tools and everything else. And, you know, you're playing with one microphone and you're trying to get the right setting and get everyone's voices on there. And yeah. So my game bought a recorder and, and with that, I can relate, I can really relate. And you know, your equipment is like you called it, you know, you can really tell when you first start recording podcasts that, you know, as much as people will tell you that you can start a podcast with just headphones and a cell phone, it's no. not quite that simple. No. Yeah. Cause then it's, it's definitely an audio difference. I don't really know how to explain it because now when I go back and listen, I'm like, Oh wow. Yeah. That one's so much smoother and everything and, and all that. And I do another podcast on the side and the first one we did six years ago compared to this one. Now the first one's been deep six. No one's ever heard it, but, um, but this one, this one sounds way better. Cause I did go back and listen to it. I was like, Oh my goodness. Uh, that that's awful. So, but yeah, it's, it makes a big difference as far as getting started. And you know, when you start and I'm sure, did you do like, I'm sure you went crazy with research. I kind of got that from you. I think before we really hit record, Yeah. you know, so a researcher, um, did you really find like a lot of people really constantly like almost every article I would read shaking my table it's a bad habit so yeah it's a bad for I'm bad for YouTube you know like my video here is just gonna be shaky um dog barking in the background yeah I know sometimes I'll have kids like running up above and uh we're in the midst of building an in-home studio but it's gonna take a while now because of quarantine but anywho um so we're we were looking and a lot of the articles I read were always talking about hey really make sure your sound is great if you want to keep keep your listeners and get new listeners so that was the one thing that i i really knew i had to work on and didn't make yeah you know. my wife wasn't listener real happy fatigue. but yeah yeah call, like listener fatigue and i can yeah. i can understand that because since i started editing videos for podcasts i discovered that you know in a video setting long awkward pauses aren't very long and awkward but in a podcast setting i really need to cut that out right well and that's that's kind of easy so do you ever do you find yourself watching any podcasters that are um are on youtube i mean i watch joe rogan every once in a while typically i listen to him in the car because i before quarantine i would spend six to 12 hours a week in my car for work um, but do you ever find like, sometimes when you watch it on YouTube, it's a little hard to pay attention to because of the, the different camera jumps. And- oh yeah, I agree. And I also think, you know, I don't have the attention span to sit through it. Like with podcasts, I've gotten so accustomed to just being like listening while I'm on the move. Mm-hmm. 
that sitting and watching a podcast has really like, I feel like it takes so much focus. Right. <laughs> it kind of does. I, the last one I really sat and watched was um, Robert Downey Jr. And, and Joe Rogan about the beginning of all this, you know, stay at home stuff. And the wife and I sat on the couch I was just scrolling. She was doing something. I was like, oh, I'm going to turn on YouTube and, you know, I'm on the TV. And I'm like, oh. And we sat and watched it. And it was okay. But I think sometimes, too, it depends on who you're watching when it gets to that. So that's the, again, I get what you're saying because of, I guess I was trying to circle back around to the, the dead, the radio silence, as they call it. You know, if you listen to like a regular radio station, they definitely talk about dead air. And you, when you see somebody on the screen, you see them like right now, I'm doing all this. If I wasn't saying anything, I'm still doing something. But I don't know. It's, it's a different aspect of doing things and paying attention and, and then part of the editing. It's like, how can you make all that make sense? Where the dead space and the dead air, you can bring that together, like in your service. Like if I recorded a podcast, I, you could bring that back. You know what I mean? You could jump it or fade exactly. it in, fade it out. So and people's so, music selection for podcasts. Like, how did you pick your music? Um, so myself, how did I pick my music? Um, I, I work with a, a younger guy that's a DJ, and I wanted something I wanted something different on the in and then something light on the out. So I don't even use the same music for my intro and my outro. Um, I just kind of came up uh, sitting around with the with a guy that's a rapper want to be rapper trying to become a rapper and we got talking about different things and i was like oh i want something with a good beat and i actually like using it more with youtube than i do using it for my actual audio podcast so because it just makes more sense and sounds better as a fade-in where when you're just listening between my my typically 15 second intro that cuts into the music that cuts into the podcast it just i don't know it almost doesn't flow right i've been thinking about changing it up a little bit so and now your podcast, though, you have a lot of lot more music throughout the whole thing. Yeah, we, we just have, um, it's two tracks. Our intro and our outro is the same audio song. And then in the middle, I like to put a little, like, introspective music to yeah. kind of come through there to be like, this is like the main takeaway moment. Hang in there. Like, this is the best part. Yeah, and that's one thing I noticed because I, I was trying to think. It's like, hmm, because there was someone else... Um, Another person I listen to, I'm trying to think of which one it is, um, has that kind of same underlying music in the whole thing. And I'm like, well, that's something I could add in in the, the post-editing, obviously, because I, I'm like, oh, well, that's, that's not hard to do. It's not any of that stuff. But I'm like trying to make sure, like, I don't want to blind, like blend it out or do all those things. So I guess for me, it's just been trying to find like the right music, I guess, because it's, that's, I think, is a big deal. Like if you do have it going on in the background, like yours is like, it's almost like soothing. The other one I was listening to, it was, it really like just made me want to listen to the music. Oh, that made sense, you know what I mean? It, it, it kind of took away from the guy, and it could have been too, maybe he didn't mix it right. He could have, it could have been a little, uh, maybe a little less with the volume. So I don't, it was different. So yeah, if the volume on their music track is too high, sometimes that can turn me off too. I'm just like, come on. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like when you listen to a, an actual. If you ever go on like SoundCloud or Spotify and you listen to like a local person, that's, what, that's all, where I get my tracks. I just download um, royalty free tracks. Yeah, on SoundCloud to use for when I'm editing podcasts. There you go. Fun fact. There you go. There's yeah. Your, see, you're, see, you're looking for some free music. Check out royalty free music on SoundCloud. 
And that's, that's one thing that I think a lot of people, you know, think that makes it like they think sometimes people that do podcast or video, you know, like do YouTube videos, it's almost like they think people like us are wizards, you know, like we just magically have this music or we make that music. No, oh, yeah. we don't have time to make that music. <laughs> We're doing no. too many other things. So yeah, I just uh, started doing some from um, pulling some tracks off of YouTube for YouTube actually. So downloading the audio files and, okay. and it's just, it's so much easier than, and then that way I too, I don't have to pay somebody either. So. Well, and you can spend a lot of time listening to those tracks. I'm sure you can relate or you know, they, all, <laughs> they all look very similar and they all have very similar names and you can see sometimes they'll have like a mood attached to them. So you have an idea what you're getting into. But. <laughs> right. So the, the, that's like this um, before and after video I just did um, of the walk I was telling you about the little pre-show there um, was finding the right thing because it was kind of a test thing. I stuck it on kind of like you even called out like a portfolio video for what I do for my marketing company. And, but I wanted to make sure it was going to be okay for the guy that I do work for because he can be kind of picky and he knows that I give him crap all the time. We're actually pretty good friends. And, um, but it's also finding things. Sometimes you got to listen to chunks or like try to break down the track. If you actually look at the audio file to see what kind of like build in it has and what kind of built out there, you know, or like downslope. Exactly. If it's a four minute track and you're not going to use all four minutes, do you watch the 30 seconds that are building up to the breakdown or did you just want like the soft beginning part before it all gets crazy? Yeah. It's uh, so that, that was one thing I said, gosh, two weeks ago, I think I sat for hour and a half, just listening to music tracks. I, I, had to, I had to put headphones in because it was kind of bedtime and we have new puppies and the, the wife was like, dude, really? Like, can, can, I don't want to listen to that, gar- that garbage music. So I was like, okay, okay. So I can put some headphones in and um, it was different. Still, so still beats massage music. Oh yeah. That like, well, do you listen to new age jazz when you're doing massage? <laughs> I have a Spotify, um, they have in there, they have those little playlists under genres that you can browse. Yeah. And there's this one that I call um, Calming Acoustic Hits. Oh. And it's really nice. You'll get some Beatles in there. Like, it's See? all acoustic. It's kind of nice. You know, they'll get some Disney songs in there. And it's all songs that you can definitely tell what the song is. So I think a lot of my clients really enjoy that. Yeah, that, that would be cool. But... <laughs> It's like sometimes you, yeah, so some of that, I, I, I definitely would fall asleep with some of it because it doesn't, it's not catchy enough to keep my mind going. I just wander off into a snooze fest. So, all right. So, so I guess, you know, you have the podcast going on. What's the name of the podcast again? The podcast is called United State of Women. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, we have an annual power brunch that we host in Kokomo with a lot of speakers. And it's very much, you know, personal and professional development type of event and that's where the podcast was birthed from because I thought you know we need to generate this energy on a global scale and share this mission with more women besides Kokomo right right and that and then because if for listeners especially new listeners or listeners that I have that are in you know, New Zealand and England and those places, Kokomo, Indiana has, what do they have about 30,000 people or something like that? Yeah, I, can't I think it's like 30, 55. Or maybe, yeah, maybe more. It's, it's been a while, but yeah, so, you know, it's, it's a little different. It's right by Indianapolis for those of 
you know, listening, watching that don't know, it's about what? It's the indie mompreneur, right? Because yeah. mompreneur sounded weird. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's kind of a mouthful. And, and it's funny, though, because sometimes people, when you say Kokomo, all they know is the Beach Boys song. And I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> so. Well, and moving from Las Vegas, that's what all my friends tease me about, right? They're like, so there's no beach in Kokomo? And I'm like, well, there is, but it's like a pool. <laughs> right. Well, and you had Indiana Beach and, you know, Monticello, which was not too far away, but it closed down, unfortunately. So Yeah, it might uh, reopen, right? They're, they're looking for betters. Oh, I, I didn't know that. That's it's been a while, so um, that would be interesting. If I never, I've never been there, so I've never uh, been there either. But it's a, I hear it's like an hour and a half from Kokomo, so yeah, it's still a little little ways away. It's it's kind of a weird spot, like a weird pit in the state, you know, where it's not real easy. You got to get off on the like the highways and different things instead of the interstates. And I've yet to gamble in Indiana, and that's been on my list too. Like all the casinos out here. Yeah, yeah. There's um. I mean, you got the one in Anderson that's pretty close to you. you yeah. Can head there. Uh, and that's just that bought by Harrah's. Yeah, yeah. Las Vegas Casino Company, Caesars. And I think um, I'm trying to remember. There's one in Shelbyville, and and I always people that know me know I'm from really close by to where the one in Shelbyville is. Um. It's really just really off the interstate in the middle of where a cornfield used to be. And um, I thought it just got bought by one of the major casino players, too. So um, within maybe the last year. So I've never gambled myself in them. The only place I gamble is um, when I go to Atlantic City once or twice a year for my day job. <laughs> I will That's gamble funny. there. Yeah. So and I normally don't do well. It's just penny slots. So. <laughs> Which but, you is know. also another myth that people think when they think penny slots that you only spend a penny it's not true no quarter or more yeah yeah if you, especially if you want to win i did win like 180 bucks um when did it go in february um oh. yeah i won 180 dollars and i didn't spend any money because they gave you 15 free dollars when you check cool. the card rock so Nice. I was like, yeah, I'm done. I won $180. I'm done for the night. So. I like the ones with the fun bonus games involved. Oh, yeah. There's a really cool Britney Spears one that's out. Um, if you hit the bonus, it plays like a whole bunch of like clips from her videos. And some of the other people I work with, like that's the only one they play. So I sit and watch them play just because it's hilarious. They that's funny. And all that Sounds stuff. like a car accident yeah yeah it kind of is i don't dance i let all them dance and sing and all that stuff and i just sit there and watch them spend their money and drink so <laughs> that is what it is i get it so yeah i haven't done that in indiana yet but that's that's something i have on my list there you go well you know yeah it's it's it is what it is <laughs> so, well, maybe you'll get to do live that. dealers it, it should be fun yeah yeah that's the one thing that kind of i've I've been to the one down in Shelbyville a few times because um, they used to have a pretty decent breakfast and I would go there with my, my grandfather and some people that he had as when he was a teacher um, that are all entrepreneurs and they all sit around and just talk about politics and all that nonsense stuff. And um, I went a couple of times and that was before obviously all the live tables and stuff. I'm like, this is, this is all this is all about now. I'm like, eh, I'll just go somewhere else. So, but anyways, so, so moving on here, I guess, um, no, so what's been some of the the challenges that you're seeing, you know, really, I mean, how's the podcast doing overall? Yeah, our podcast has been pretty steady. I was surprised because I had heard that a lot of podcasters were seeing a decrease in their listenership um, since the quarantine and our listenership has gone up. I didn't even promote our last episode at all. And it still had, you know, a pretty solid amount of listeners for being out for two weeks. Yeah. I, 
I did see in our analytics that we have less than 1% now listening in Morocco, which was a little exciting. That's cool. Um, Ireland, the UK, and now Morocco. Yeah, that's, and it's, it's really weird. It's like, who, how, like, where are they finding? And that's because I had someone, another one pop up like that as well. And, and I was very perplexed that how somebody would have found it. Um, well, and they're consistent listeners, it looks like, because they haven't yeah. fallen off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, and that's what I'm seeing myself. I'm like, uh, okay, I mean, that's cool. Like, you know, that that's enjoyable to know that. And, you know, especially, and I'm sure you see the same sponsored ads on Instagram I see of the different podcasting companies or podcasters. Like, we're played in 90, com- in 90 countries. And I'm like, but what's your stuff about? I don't even know what your podcast what's is your about. Stuff about. And I'm like, what's your... I kept your shot. It was garbage. Yeah, it's like, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to talk smack, you know, because I, I, and that's why, I mean, I love having you on. You're the second podcaster I've had on the show now. And um, I think it's fun, you know, and, and I wanted to get you on not only because you're a podcaster, but because you launched the service, which is an entrepreneur, like a small business thing, which is what this podcast is about. But also you do massage therapy, that's small business. So those, those things, but it's just fun, I think, to kind of talk shop a little bit. Um, for us podcasters and everything so and I and it's great that you're you're getting some more listeners listenership as I can't speak um, I've this last one I put out um, has not been I don't want to say well received but I know some of my listener base has been kind of busy because some of them have been back to work and I think they're a little stressed because a lot of them work retail a few people I know for sure that are diehard listeners diehard uh, but uh, I I had way more traction like we were talking about with um doing a dual show with youtube um way more i mean i'm already at almost a, a quarter of plays on one podcast you know that i put on the youtube than i have been with the regular plays so well there's something to be said about that because that's something i hadn't even considered until you mentioned it you know yeah. my and this is the most ignorant opinion to have just so everyone knows <laughs> like there's so many podcasts out there right the market is just like every day there's hundreds and thousands of podcasts coming out and so i think you know with youtube it's on a much larger scale so i feel like well how would anybody even find out about me yeah so and and i get where and that's the big thing and the one thing and i with both of us using um anchor to distribute our, our podcast. The one thing with Anchor I'm a little a little frustrated with sometimes, and I've seen it with a side podcast that I do um, compared to this one, How Social Is Your Media. One thing that I see is you can only use five tags. So if you don't either change up the title to hit the algorithm or have the right five tags, you're kind of dead in the water unless you already have a huge listener base or you have a, a good, you know, base to share it on on social media, it kind of just sits there. And, and that's, to me, is a little frustrating with YouTube. I mean, you can just cram the meta tags in there and just go crazy in the SEO box. And that's, I think, one of the big things that kind of hit it. And, and the, the kind of a, a downfall to that one was, is, and I say downfall because I felt, I don't like to exploit, but when you, when you type in COVID, you know, coronavirus, and you stick those things in your your search data, it does get hits. So because I did speak about it, I felt it was fair, but I'm not just going to keyword jam just to get people to click. You know, well, what I mean? you make a great point, because our last two episodes were both topics that were 
around the quarantine. And I did notice, you know, without even promoting this last one, it was um, quarantine and your self-image, like quarantine fatigue and your self-image. Yeah, I I listened to about half of that one. Yes, yes, yes. And so I think about like, that's like very, um, you know, current events seem to be really popular and the podcast community, everybody's like, well, this is what they're talking about. I want to hear what this person's opinion is on it. Yeah, but I, I think for us, and even your your partner on it, because you have a partner. I mean, I do have uh, special guests every, every once in a while on uh, my buddy Max. And uh, just because sometimes he'll remind me to ask a question that I forget or I don't write down in front of me. I'm like, oh, yeah. And I just don't want to turn into the, the news networks. I don't want to be CNN and Fox and, you know, BBC For Network, sure. the Daily Mail. I don't want to be that. Like, I and, agree. And, I th- and I think what you guys were talking about, and I'm trying to go back because you released that one last week, I believe, didn't you? The quarantine fatigue one. I was listening to yeah. it. I was doing some stuff, getting ready to, to go out and I would go out into the wasteland, as I call it, when I go grocery shopping. I don't know how oh, much, it. How much gaming. Off. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I make it, especially the first few weeks, I made a lot of references to the Fallout gaming series. Um but so I, I find that um, I, I really wanted to talk about what it was going to be like with people um, and their struggles right now and making sure everyone was doing okay. So, and, and, and hitting that COVID thing, because I think for a lot of us and you guys get into the quarantine fatigue, it was more of a, a personal level, not just a, hi, everybody, welcome to our show on today's yeah. show. We're going to talk about the 27 ways to avoid getting COVID. Uh, right, I can read exactly. That. I, I can Google search that crap. I don't need to listen to it. And, and, and you know. Well, and I thought about, you know, Kalina made, um, she made a reference in that episode about, you know, you get so tired with the cleaning routine that now everyone's got this like title quarantine clean, right? So if people are going about and they're cleaning their groceries, cleaning themselves, everything is clean, the counter, clean, clean, clean. Everyone is over it. And so mm-hmm. she brings this up in the episode and then she starts talking about how she's at a hardware store and there is a manager at the hardware store is talking about how they don't know what they're going to do. And Queena overhears this and she's like, well, do what? Do, do what? <laughs> and the manager's like, well, I don't know if one of our employees is going to show up today because she's been exposed. <laughs> oh, so, so that is... That I mean, now it's even more real life, but I was still working up until, I think I was up until like the 17th was the last day I worked in a store for my day job. I oversee 13 stores in Indiana, Kentucky for my day job. And um, one of the, actually the last store I worked at was in Kokomo. And um, it was interesting because the few days before that, I had a, an associate in another store that had fallen very ill, had probably 90% of the COVID symptoms, but he couldn't get tested. He was in Kentucky, couldn't get tested. And it was kind of one of those things, like the store manager's like, well, what am I supposed to do? And I was like, you can try to help get, you know, find numbers for him to call and make sure he's got an emergency person helping him. Like, you know, like a family member or something like that. And he's looking at you to leadership and you're like, (laughs) I'm like, well, well, because that's another bad thing. It's, it's what, what, when you get into, when you work corporate compared to small business, you know, like what we do, like what I do on the side and what you do daily is yes, there's a lot of liability from both sides, but the liability is different when you work for a corporation compared to when it's just you. 
you know, in, in two or three of you because you can do different things and get around it. And plus, you know, if I was just running pixels and peeps, I would know, well, I've got to get up and do it regardless. So, and, and so I think that was the big challenge for my the manager. She's like, well, what am I supposed to do? No one else wants to come in. They're scared to get sick. I'm like, well, if we have to close the store early, we close the store earlier. We do this, we do this. Yeah, you figure so it you out. give options and, you know, you figure it out. But so it's funny to know though, that she even just recently heard somebody, you know, in like a bigger box, like lumber store, you know, saying, Hey, what are we going to do? And, and, it, but that's, that's kind of the bad thing too. It's, it's, changed everything you know what i mean well, and it got everything. better because as she's checking out that employee showed up oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the police shows up and the manager's like just finishing up the sentence and she's like hi <laughs> you're here and the employee's like um yeah i, I work today and the lady's like well i had heard that you know i had heard that your your brother had tested positive and that you've been exposed and the embarrassment and the awkwardness and it's like well is that a HIPAA mm -hmm. violation what do you yeah. do everyone's yeah. like so tense now do we pretend like we don't know <laughs> uh it was you know, it's Selena had to be like showering in hand sanitizer when she oh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, that's so how have you been i mean have you been going out often yeah i mean i haven't been um we were just talking about it, it seems like I thought my grocery shopping was going to get better over time. You know, that, you know, you're trying not to go, but once a week, maybe once every two mm -hmm. weeks, every time I get home from the grocery store, we run out of crap. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? I just bought a whole bunch of other stuff, but now you're telling me we don't have any soap or shampoo. Like <laughs> I can't keep up. Uh, and so I, you, how many children do you have? I have one. You have four kids. You can't, you have to, you just spend like $500 a week just to keep Oh, it's, uh, it's obscene. The, so the 12th of March, I was in Evansville and was driving back home and I stopped in Bloomington because that's when all the rumor was just starting to spread that they were going to start locking stuff down and doing all this. And that's when all the TP disappeared. That's when, like, everyone bought all the TP at first. See, I'm a subscribe-and-save person, so I was oh, okay there. Yeah, lucky for you, because we weren't. And, again, I, it's my wife and four daughters still in the house and myself. So it's – uh, it's, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And But, honestly, we're not even into – we've only – I mean, my grandfather gave me, like, ten rolls because he's odd like that. But um, I think we're just about finishing up a pack of Cos from Costco we bought on the 13th of March. So that's what makes me laugh, just to get on this little side note. Let's go crazy and buy all this toilet paper. There's six people, and I've actually given away six rolls or nine rolls, whatever it breaks down in the Costco Kirkland brand. We gave those away to my daughter. We gave some for her for her apartment. I still have that pack. I have a 22-pack of Charmin we haven't even opened yet. So why did everyone need toilet paper when diarrhea or any other of those weird random bowel issues were not part of this whole problem so anyways but yeah so but yeah so yeah like i don't you know <laughs> i don't get it and and it's um and sanitizer is so crazy but but yeah the food's been nuts um i think the biggest issue i have is the fact that it's just the perishable stuff because we you know starting to to uh well, not starting, but we've been cooking a lot more, obviously, but um, we've been trying a lot of new recipes and a lot of, and, and you have to have fresh produce and produce just doesn't last. It seems like anymore at all. So you're right. And the frozen yeah. produce is non-existent. I mean, I've oh, yeah. 
you're like lucky if you can find broccoli. Yeah, yeah. That's and and we're big Costco shoppers again because there's so many of us in the house and it's just been a really interesting take on trying to to get that. So whenever I see broccoli, like, well, how many do we have left? Well, we still have like half the bag left. Oh, too crap, you know, too bad. I'll buy more of this crap. We need it, you know, and 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 all that stuff. So, but having the kids home, you know, every day eating three, four meals a day, because that's what they do. They're six to 15. All they do is eat. <laughs> and uh, it's it's been interesting. So it's been a big change up. And it's, you know, kind of pushed in everything else. We just started um, doing more to go. Cinco de Mayo was the first day. Um, I think we had actually ordered carry out. Now my friend that I was helping on the side was buying like Jimmy John's and stuff like that for us for lunch. But other than that, our family hadn't eaten out. We've been cooking every day. So yeah, we started the curbside stuff also um, for Mother's Day. Yeah, yeah. lobster meal. They have these like Ooh. they've got a lot of meal package deals now at the restaurants, right? Mm-hmm. These kind of cool meal deals for families or for two people, and I think the prices are really fair for what they're offering. Yeah, and like serving sizes. Um, there's a place called Little Dumplings in the yard down here in. Oh, Indy. I've been there. Have you seen? I need to get over there. Ramen to go kits. Yeah, and all those different things, and they had a great thing for um, Mother's Day. But I, I Mother's Day is a tradition, and this year actually we. We ended up doing ribs on the Saturday before. That's what my wife wanted. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll grill them out. And it was, you know, it was kind of nasty on Mother's Day. So it worked out and all that. But um, I've really been wanting to check them out. I've thrown up some of their stuff on my Instagram stories and and give them some shouts out, shout outs and everything. Because I love what they've been doing with their social media and just trying to stay in business. And, and that's the one thing I don't know, you know, as we're talking more about food places, because I don't know about you, I am hungry. Um, but it's, I just didn't realize until recently someone posted that Grubhub really eats into everyone's profits, but even more so when you're a small business, you know, and you're a small eatery, I mean, they don't make anything. It's like 60, 70% of the total ticket. Like if they do a grand in sales through Grubhub, they're lucky if they get like three to three fifty, I think, or something like that. I'm just using random numbers, but it's, it's a huge percentage. So when you bring up another really interesting topic there, because I think about small businesses and solopreneurs like myself, where, you know, I think a lot of consumers don't realize how much cost we eat just to create a base, mm-hmm. you know, and I think about recently, one of my clients suggested that I start a loyalty program at my massage studio, which was a great idea. And I love it. And I've started it. And you know, at the end of the day, though, I have to pay like $50 a month just to have this program in place. And it's like, sure, your profit will cover it. But it's like one thing after another, anything you want to add to your business, it costs. Right. There's and and especially in your line of work. I mean, when you look at the massage end of it, there's there are some different things. But look at now. I mean, you launched the podcast editing. And that I mean, if you have the right software, which I know you said you found some different freebie ones, and most, and I think I, the ones I know of off the top of my head, I know are pretty good. Like you can do all that stuff, but you still have to have the other aspects of it. You still have to have internet. You still have to have your a good computer and I everything too. I have Google Drive, so I have to pay for storage. Yeah, yeah, it's that, or you know, and I'm kind of back and forth. I just bought a bought an external drive for. Um, videos and and photos that I'm doing for a landscaping business to dump it off of my my laptop because even though with a terabyte hard drive I'm like I still don't want that stuff clogging up my hard drive and 
I'm like, I probably really should use a couple of cloud services. Cause I'm one of those, like, I like to have backups and backups and backups because you never know what's going to happen. And especially with external hard drives, they always tend to, when you need them to crap out and you lose all the files. So, um, but yeah, that's a good point to really have a lot of storage space. Um, you have to really kind of pony up some money to, to have that amount of space and, you know, audio. And as you start doing more video editing, it's, it chews it up. So. Well, and have you played with Descript? Have you, are you familiar with Descript? I have, no, I'm not. So that's uh -oh. the only editing software that I will pay monthly for. I believe it's like $12, $14 a month. Oh, wow. You are going to geek out. All right. Like, you can do a free trial, check it out. Um, everyone else, check it out. Yeah. I think it's awesome. What's great about it is you import your audio, you can import your Zoom call, you know, MP4 directly into there, and you can export the audio from there. You can export the MP4 file, whatever you want, but it transcribes for you, and it's 95% accuracy. Oh, wow. You can simply right-click on the transcript or right-click on the soundbar itself and remove all filler words. And it'll tell you how many filler words it deletes from that content before you actually go through your editing process. Wow. 12 bucks a month. Guys and gals, <laughs> if you're doing what we're doing, that's cheap because I have been looking into transcribing because a lot of people talk about using trans the transcriptions for blogs or if you want to even throw up captions and like YouTube or those things to help uh, hearing impaired. How, it was crazy. I can't remember the name of the one I found. And it was well known. It might have even been like, um, a double whammy with an Instagram sponsored ad, but uh, it, I wasn't having it. It was like 50 bucks a month for like two podcasts and they had to be under an hour. I don't know. I, it, I don't even really care anymore because well, like, there's no way. I had, it. I had like been super, you know, I even before um, quarantine, you know, the idea of remote podcasting was still a little like turned my nose to it. Like you guys only record in the studio. The energy's not the same. Yeah. It's not feel right. But Descript, you know, oh, that's just a cheap cop-out program for editors. <laughs> but you still, you still have to spend a lot of time editing and you still, you know, have to, I will export my audio file from Descript and open it in Audacity, my free program. And yeah. the same thing with my video editing program. And I have saved so much more time. I mean, you know, discount the fact that there's still that import export time that you don't, you got to count <laughs> Yeah, but still, and that's, uh, no, I, I, that's like engraved in my brain right now. So I appreciate that. See, that's, and that's the one funny thing. Um, you know, I mentioned uh, the buzzing blonde earlier, the, uh, the indie girl here. She's a social media marketing manager strategist. That's what I do with Pixels and Peeps. Um, that's what I, you know, try to do and I do with some other things with it as well. And I also did digital marketing and the copy and all that stuff. But, you know, I, I messaged the other day trying to get her on this show and I was like, look, like, uh, I, we got to all help each other out. Like I, I'm uh, very competitive, but I'm also, when it comes to doing this, um, I, I appreciate every small business. Well, most, because some of them are kind of shady, but um, because I think really that's what it's all about. You know, small businesses have built the background of our, our economic structure. Um, they don't get really the shout outs that they always deserve, but it's, and especially this last year opening my own, really made me appreciate it a lot more and it's like what can we do because we don't all do the same thing you know what I mean like exactly more in-depth podcast editing than I do even if I was to launch a service through my company because I my the DJ that made my beats for my podcast was like yeah I can I want to do that if you want to do it 
you know, if I can use your website to do my service through you. And I was like, well, let me think about it. And we can't get on terms with the pricing structure because obviously I want my cut if it's running out of my website and he raised his rates and I'm like, dude, I'm not, I'm not trying to like get rich. Like I want to make money, but the website doesn't cost anything to run a month. You know, it's, it's pretty cheap. So, but it's like, he raised his rate like 25 bucks on me. And I was like, eh, so, but anyways, I think that's a, the main important thing is like just having it on and, and being able to share each other's stories and really just share your story. That's, that's why I like having people on the show is to hear what you're doing and what you do so other people can hear you. And that's what it's all about. That's what I try to get people to listen to this, this show for is because, you know, we all pay for advertising or we get onto social media and we do what we can do to get content out or we're doing all those things. But sometimes you might get someone that listens to my show that'll hear you. I'm like, Hey, I live in Kokomo, which I have a couple people that live in Kokomo to listen to my show. Oh, she's a massage therapist. Cool. I'm going to go see her. So it's just those kind of things. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. So you, you, you got it right. And I agree. And I think, you know, the podcast community, especially I've really felt like they're my kind of people, you know, you know, it doesn't feel as like you were saying as competitive as you are. It's not the same kind of competitiveness. I don't, (laughs) You know, I don't feel like when I approach other podcasters that they're looking at me like I'm taking something from their show or that, you know, their show will lose listeners because they've had me on their show. And now suddenly they're going to, all their listeners are going to come to me. <laughs> right, right. And, and, but that's the cool thing too, is as we, you know, you start having those people on, I had um, Hugo Torres, he does Hugo's posts. He was out in, um, out around Los Angeles. I had him on kind of as all this COVID stuff really like hit hard and it was going to be a little bit different, but then we just really sat and kind of talked about how life was starting to adjust for us and, and going through that whole thing. But he's also a realtor, you know, and everything. And we got, we talked about that a little bit and when we talked about star Wars for a little while. So, and we're about the same age and we were having a good old time geeking out, but you know, I think that's, again, that's what it is because it, it's like dual listenership as well. Oh, excuse me. And it's, and I always tell people as well, I'm like, you know, if you want, I can send you the audio files. You can do with them as you please. Like if you want to, you know, like splice it out and say, Hey, I was on this show or, and all that stuff. And it's the same, like whenever I market it, you know, I don't, I don't say, Hey, I'm going to do a paid ad. You know, I need you to PayPal me 25 bucks or something like that. Like (laughs) that's not what it's about. Like that's, what's crazy because I had a couple people when I was first starting to find guests um, to be consistent because that's what I want to touch on here in a second is um, they thought I was going to charge them to be on my show. I'm like, isn't that weird? <laughs> like, why would I charge you to be on my show? Most people well, would pay. This is mutually beneficial here. Yeah. <laughs> Most people would pay you to be on their show. I'm not going to pay you because I'm not making any money, but you know what I mean? But at the same time, I'm going to at least do some marketing things and add some content out there and put your name out there and those kind of things. So like, Oh, like, Oh, I, just, I thought I had to be, you know, to pay to be on there. I'm like if your business wants to advertise and you want to pay me for an advertisement, I'll do that. But I even did some free advertisement um, and some podcasts as COVID started happening. A couple of people I know that are authors that were on the show. Um, a guy I know that was a comedian and a few other people. I did little quick, you know, 30 second interview or uh, ads or whatever in there. So, and I even put that out and I even messaged some people. You, Here's one thing that drives me nuts. Being a small business owner, let's say right when you had to shut down your massage therapy parlor, but you were going to sell gift cards because you know we're going to reopen. 
and you wanted to get some extra extra income coming in and that way you would be able to launch and have $10,000 in revenue waiting from all these gift cards. And if I message you and say, Julie, I've got a deal for you. I want to do a 15 to 30 second ad and I'm not going to charge you, but I'm going to put it on my podcast. Would you respond or would you ignore the message? I would totally respond. <laughs> and you'd probably be like, hell yeah, I'll take that, right? Because yeah. I don't know how many people I put that out there for and different things I did, got nothing back. Okay, so this is a very interesting thing that you bring up because since I started this podcast editing business, I had to really hone in my thick skin and rejection and understanding <laughs> like, okay, I got to give myself some couple days of reprieve when I get turned down too many times. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I was really in... I thought it was really interesting just, um, oh man, I totally lost it. The, when you go through and you do these different things, people, it's just a general populist thing. Like mm -hmm. people lack follow through. They, they lack taking the action. Um, I was telling you earlier before the show started that I'm in a lot of groups on Facebook and one of the groups is a woman's, um, editing podcast group. Oh, cool. It's a huge group. There's thousands of people on it. And there was a woman who had made a post that said she was looking to do a Zoom call on this date at this time. And she wanted a panel of women that were podcast editors that could share things that they wanted other podcasters to understand about the editing industry when it comes to cost, time, what they're getting for their money. It was an open call out. I messaged her. She gave me the direct link. No big deal. How many people showed up to this panel call? Like you and one other person? <laughs> Literally me and one other person. That's and it's free advertising. You know what I mean? Or She put my podcast editing business page on there, the logo, my bio, my headshot, everything's in the show notes. That's silly. And, and, and and any of you small business owners that are listening, um, I don't want to shame you. I love you all. Um, but it's, it's challenging because I see it every day on Instagram. People talking about, I don't know if we're going to be on here much longer or, oh, we're really struggling or they're running just crazy promotions, like basically giving food away or, you know, whatever it might be. When somebody wants to give you 15 to 30 seconds for free, like that's silly not to take it. Like I, I, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I do a 60 minute like consultation, like a strategy consultation for my, my social media company. And I, I haven't had one yet. I even, I've even advertised. I don't understand like, but you have all these people that want conversion. You want all this and they don't even want to talk for 60. I, it doesn't have to be 60 minutes, but I'm offering up to 60 minutes of my time. When I, I get start, it. I started, I totally the, yeah, and I started my company to be a consultant, and then I realized, man, that scares a lot of people off. So I was like, okay, I'll just kind of change some things, tweak some words, kind of change all my branding. And most consultants average about three hundred bucks an hour. I was charging a hundred, and even that was like people were like, oh, that's too expensive. And I mean, I. I but then you I, see these life coaches that are advertising <laughs> five thousand dollars a month, manifesting your dreams to motivate. <laughs> I think we're actually both in the wrong business. <laughs> <laughs> we just need to change it up. Yeah, join forces. And <laughs> well, I saw, have you heard of Upwork? Yes, yes. I discovered uh, Upwork through editing my editing business as a means of, it's a freelance website. If you've never heard of Upwork, it's a freelance website where you can go and create a profile. Yep. 
and you can essentially look for work that's out there that fits your expertise, right? Yeah, it's like Fiverr. And Fiverr, I didn't, there you go, very similar. Yes, Nikki Manning and Kokomo told me about Upwork though, so yes. Okay, you there you go. Well, I like it, but you know, they take so much of your money. Oh yeah, like 20% or something like yeah, that, I think. Yeah. And then, you know, these people, their expectations are so different. And so I, you know, I've been trying, I tried to, I just created the account this weekend because I, again, was dealing with feeling so rejected, you know, I'm messaging people so much on Instagram just to like, you know, not hear anything or for them to say, thanks, I'll think about it. And right. so you're just like, okay, well, I got to come up with something else. And I started this Upwork and it's been really interesting too, because I saw, this is the part that ticked me off. <laughs> <laughs> I go on there and I'm looking at editing and people are charging like, okay, I'll pay $40 an hour to edit my one hour episode. And I'm like, listen, I'll take that loss if I have to, and I can't find anything better, but they are offering $40 an hour for you to go and narrate and read somebody's blog or article. And that would be so much less work. I could just plug my mic in and just go find things to do what voiceovers on. Uh, yeah. But that's, and, uh... So let, Upwork was weird. So there's two two jobs I submitted proposals to. This was in March. So I actually had an interview with um, Toro Off-Road. Really cool outfit. Um, they make a, a tent that you essentially mount onto either the bed of a pickup truck or on like the top of a Jeep. And it pops up. I mean, they show a girl, she's probably like 5'4", a buck 20, um, popping it up. Like if she yeah. can do it, anyone can Super do it. simple glamping. Yeah, yeah, and and it's really cool. Like I told the girl I interviewed with, I was like, you know, hey, like if I had something, I was like, oh, my wife would want that on the top of her minivan, but I'm thinking about it, and you know, it's really cool. And um, they were looking for a social media consultant, but then they're a startup and they're really trying to go in different directions. So they did let me know, like, hey, by the way, we're actually hiring. I don't care what they were hiring, and then the the lady messaged me again and was like now we're hiring a salesperson i'm like oh my goodness like the this the ceo because it's you know it's a very small company that's trying to blow up and he's hiring logistical people and all that stuff and i got it so but that was great but i had someone i had an interview and had all that stuff because i was like i'm furloughed from work i need something to do i'm bored and um then the other one was looking for somebody to help me set up my podcast <laughs> i started cracking up i'm like this is so simple but Okay. I mean, I learned everything from just researching it, but all right, all right, cool. Got on, messaged them. I was like, I think I have 40 bucks an hour or something like that. I was like, it's, you know, I let them know, Hey, here's what we can do. Here's what I'll help you do. I didn't even get, like you said, like, you know, I was hoping I wanted rejection. I didn't even get that. So it was just interesting. Like Upwork's a, it's a, it's a weird beast and it, it'll go uh, some sort of dormancy or something on you as well. If you don't stay on there. So make sure you, play with the algorithm or and all the different things that it does if you are going to use it because i've backed off of it now since i'm back at work but um i i keep getting the warning shot emails like you need to do something or else i'm like okay whatever <laughs> weird it's so weird the whole thing is weird and then where do people find the time to invest into all these different accounts i i don't know it, like i said it was weird um now nikki's had some great work with it she's um, calling herself a virtual assistant. So she goes on and will help people with all their digital needs and all that. And, but she's really big into Pinterest marketing. Like that's like, she has a load of like page views 
and and followers and all those things. So she loves that. She's very spiritual, does all those cool things. I just, I just, I couldn't get down with Upwork, I guess. I guess it wasn't my cup of tea. Well, so. it's like, am I not investing the right amount of time in it to learn everything? Because it's like, gosh, like everything. It's like you have, I'm, I'm obviously very nerdy. Like I just want to research everything, figure out what it is. Like what, how do we get the ball rolling here? Because it frustrates me too. And I don't know if you can agree with this, but a lot of the free guides and the free eBooks we had talked about before the show started. Yeah that people will put out these guides and these like PDFs where it's, you know, how to start a podcast and how to make $5,000 in your first month. And I download them, even though I've had a podcast for almost a year now, I still download them. Like, well, they've got to share something new, nothing new. And you're like, I'm doing this. I'm doing what you're saying I'm supposed to be doing, but I don't know. I don't know what you're, and I don't know if maybe if you should start your podcast after you've got a million followers, then everyone's interested in checking you out. Or <laughs> let it grow organically like we're doing and just talk to people and hope people like are just as nerdy as you and want to check it out too. Well, and, and that's the thing. And uh, so there's a couple ways I wanted to go and this one just came to mind. How often do you get feedback from your show? Like, do you, do you get like email feedback? Show, like how do you get much feedback, I guess, from your program? Because that's the one thing I don't get a lot of. And that's really what I want. Even if they say, God, dude, you suck. I'm not listening anymore. Like something. So. Yeah, um, I haven't had any reviews on our podcast. That's crazy. And I thought that was weird because, you know, we have so many ratings. Like, we've got people rating it. Um, I I don't know if it's something that you can relate with, but I've had a harder time getting, like, people that I know in real life to listen to the podcast consistently. Mm-hmm. So my family is very much aware that if we get in the car together that Julie's putting on the podcast and everybody's listening to mom's podcast in the car. My daughter geeks out every day. She's like, we're listening to mom on the radio today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's, you know, that's so (laughs) my wife was like, dude, I'm never going to listen to your podcast. But she's like, she goes, I just can't sit and listen to people talk. But one of her teacher peers loves podcasts. So she's like, oh, I'll give it to him and let him listen to it. And I was like, all right, cool. Because, you know, I'd like some support somewhere. You know, I give her a lot of crap. We've been married for Oh, yeah, because I'm like, years, why so. do I even talk about you on the podcast? You don't even listen to the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so my thing is, is I've been trying to get my wife to be on my podcast. And she's like, no, dude, it's not happening. I was like, well, then I'm not going to help with these chores for like a week or, you know, I'm not doing anything. And I'm just going to buy a toilet paper. You're screwed. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just going to buy a bunch of meaningless crap. And she's like, yeah, you already do that. I'm like, okay, good point. But, um, but that's the thing. Like, I was like, come on, dude, like you need to be on my show because you're one of the people that inspire me. You're one of the people that keep me going and have helped me go in the right direction throughout my life. And, you know, even if it's just for a few minutes and you pop it, she's like, well, I'm definitely not going to be on YouTube so and, and I tried to have my children on but my wife got a little weird about that but, uh, oh see because I think that's another big trending thing too is a lot of these like children's science experiment podcast episodes or like, story time <laughs> podcast episodes and if my, my daughter's five so if she's a little bit older I thought about like oh we could do Abigail's adventures yeah and, and that was kind of the thing like we were I I was they've been wanting our 11 and uh Rayleigh our 11 year old and Martin our nine-year-old um, really want their own YouTube channel. And of course. My wife gets a little weirded about, you know, about that whole thing because, you know, people are creepy on the internet. And you're also like, look at Ryan's toy review. That kid's making <sighs> me think. Like, we yeah. can parents. And, well, that's because, <laughs> yeah. Toys. 
they watch all these YouTubers that play Roblox. But anyways, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But I, I got them on. We started, I was, I used them as my guinea pigs for my YouTube channel when I was going to start recording a few months back. And she's like, I don't want them on there. But they were like, dude, we're doing it. We'll be on your podcast. We'll talk about how we're going to start our YouTube channel. And they were like, all about it. I'm like, little does she know I still have the recording. But anyway, so um, I thought about throwing that on as a quick one. But there's just those little things that kind of uh, kind of roll into it. So what if, I mean, what have been your biggest challenges, I guess, with growing that? Would it be um, more like your content? Like keeping that content consistent? Has COVID thrown that off? Because I know you're kind of like, you kind of eye roll emoji, you know, the Tony Stark eye rolls. But about remote podcasting where I've kind of done, I've kind of split mine even months before COVID. Um, I've split my podcast some with people remotely. So, I mean, do you think it's content pr- production or creation is a, a challenge or? Um, no, I don't think content is the problem. I feel like I'm somebody that could talk all day long. And I think I've come, come full circle with the remote um, interviews. I think now my biggest issue is time management and organization. Okay. You know, managing to get, like, my co-host, Kalina, and I on the same page. I'm also a full-time student. Oh, yeah, that's right, because I remember you saying something in, in Instagram last week. You're like, oh, crap, I had a bunch of schoolwork, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been, um, this is my week off from school. I start school again tomorrow for summer classes. and Woo-hoo. So, yeah, trying to balance that with everything kind of gets crazy, too. I think when it comes to guests, I would love to have more guests on our podcast. Right. First and foremost, I would love to find more podcasters on our podcast. Yeah. And, you know, just in the conversations that we've had, there's a couple of people that I know I want to reach out to you after and see if I can get their information to have them on our show. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was surprised um, how many men listen to our show. I could see that. So I really want to start bringing more men onto the show also to kind of discuss, you know, navigating through cultures where it maybe it's more male dominated or more female dominated work. I yeah. can't imagine what Spencer's is like. You know, I, I picture Spencer's employees being very like millennial. Like my age or younger, maybe more Gen Z, like kids fresh out of high school looking for a job. It's all over the board, um, truthfully. Um, I mean I have managers that are, you know, baby boomers. And I have managers that are, that are, they're Gen Z, you know, they're very young managers. And then, and even uh, sales associate ranks are all over the board. Uh, but the cool thing is it's, it's really more about there. And, and that job is about um, just attracting lifestyle, you know, and, and having those people, but it's not the, the toxic attraction of lifestyle, like your Abercrombie or Hollister, you know, where you're breeding the, the beautiful people mindset. Um, it's just be who you want to be. Um, right. And kind of like a hot topic or, or one of those places as well. But it's, and I think that's really kind of what fits in, you know, as I'm wearing a button up, which I normally wear t-shirts. <laughs> so I wear jeans and t-shirts to work. So I wear gauges. Yeah. Yeah. See. I get those at um, Spencer's. Yeah. See. Buy one, get one half off. Or yeah. <laughs> right. I got the little punch card and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where they get you. So it's, uh, it's been a great place. I've been there for two years and, um, out of this, I worked for seven retailers in almost 23 years, 22 years of management. Um, two of them not by choice because of their downsizing or companies closed. So I didn't work there. A couple of them were very toxic places I worked. Um, this has by far been probably my best place. Um, 
I worked That's with Pac, cool. Pac Sun and JC Penny as well. Pac Sun years ago when they were cool. Um, and had a, <laughs> yeah, when they had an identity, uh, not like now. Um, but um, and and that was a very cool place as well. I'm I always tell people I was born in the maybe the right decade, but definitely not the right state because I kind of have that more like Southern California, like just chill, laid back, like nonchalance about me. Not this, you know, growing up in a. <laughs> Because your roots aren't really natural for you. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I saw a corn farm was in Indiana in 2013. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, gosh, that's definitely culture shock. It's always fun to get people like yourself that are from, you know, like a place like Las Vegas where it's, you know. A desert. Right in the middle of the desert. Or um, like I had a girl one time at a company that worked for me from Hawaii. And when it snowed. Uh, she's like, can I go outside? Can I take a break? I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Because it was like, snowing. It's really cold like they say it is. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I've never seen it. I'm like, dude, go have fun. Go throw a snowball at someone. I just, I'll watch the floor for you. You know what I mean? Because, you know, like how often when you're from a place that never snows, do you get to go see snow for the first time? I mean, after that, it's like, okay, it's old news now. But, you know, it was, it was funny. So. Well, everyone's always surprised when, you know, they hear that I moved here from Las Vegas. Because like you were saying, Kokomo is smaller. Mm-hmm. And they're like, why would you come to Kokomo? And it's funny because all my friends, when they come from Vegas, they're like, Kokomo is so beautiful. <laughs> it's a lot more laid back. And Kokomo's definitely changed. I mean, it almost imploded, what, from 07 to 09 when the recession, you know, hit us pretty hard. And and because um, I actually was working for PacSun at that time and had a store at Kokomo. And it didn't last too much longer after the recession kind of bounced, you know, the economy bounced back. But that was... Uh, that was a scary moment because all the car factories, like it literally just almost just went to shambles. So well, that was similarly in, um, similar in Las Vegas too, with the real estate industry, the oh, real estate yeah. market really took a bad hit in Las Vegas. We had um, casinos that were halfway built on the strip that just tanked. Yeah. Just like and stopped. Like, okay. <laughs> so like a crane there. Year, it really wasn't until this year that they started working on those projects again. And so it's really unfortunate that, you know, as soon as they started kind of piecing things back together on the strip, that now the strip's totally shut down. (laughs) And then it's like trying to get people to figure out how to do that work as well, because, you know, so many certain areas, like, they don't even allow that kind of work. Yeah, Um, yeah. So Las Vegas is totally shut down. A lot of my friends and, you know, family members have lost their jobs. It's just dead. It's weird to see they've shut the roads down, so now people are – going on the strip to exercise so you know can you imagine taking a picture of yourself on the strip and there's literally no one no one that would be that's that's kind of a scary kind of makes you think like um like the zombie movies and those like you know really though it really does and that's why when you were bringing up that you know 0709 recession in kokomo you know it really made me think about this is so much worse now it's weird to see like the economic fallout right now when we've lived through something that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. It's, and that's, that's been one of my little side pieces that unfortunately we've had some, well, not unfortunately, but when it's been nice out of been helping my buddy with his landscaping business. And so when I step away to do that, my pixels and peeps business and all these ideas that I have you know, on my notepad have been sitting there stewing because then I, you know, get go, from eight, nine in the morning until seven, eight o'clock at night working outside. I'm out of shape from being a retail manager. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so tired. I'm ready to go to bed. Um, I started doing some research on the great recession versus COVID-19 economic, like just all the different aspects of it and how things have changed. Um, but I really haven't, 
done a whole lot with it to really even speak about it, unfortunately yet. And it's, it's probably going to be a, a, I call them like microcast. I'm kind of looking at doing some shorter podcast and, and breaking maybe it down and maybe doing a series or something because just to kind of compare it. And it's, I don't think a lot of places have noticed it, especially from entrepreneurship, you know, there's some people get it and some don't. So it's been interesting. Oh, I agree. I mean, even just, you know, the programs that were put in place that, you know, other people didn't get to take advantage of, or, you know, I'm struggling to find PPE for my massage studio. And I know there's a lot of programs in place for small business owners like myself to, to access PPE. However, I don't know if I haven't been aggressive enough with trying to hone in my own because I'm like, oh, I still have some Lysol wipes. I still have some cloth masks, but it is going to get to a point where I'm going to have to like contact somebody for disinfectant spray. Like you can't get it at the store. No, no it's. A blog recommend trying an Amazon business account, which I've never created before. Have you, do you have an Amazon business account? I haven't started one yet. Um, Cause I just have a basic checking uh, business checking. So I don't necessarily need the, the Amazon business yet. And plus, Amazon has been atrocious. I mean, I get it with COVID being that, but you know, certain yeah. things you order. Like I ordered order, cloth masks a month ago for my massage studio and still haven't received them. Still haven't received them. And I could even, right? <laughs> yeah, cloth masks, especially. Well, and that's, it's funny you bring up the, the two day shipping. A friend of mine, uh, he worked for me as a manager years ago. He messaged me, he goes, Amazon owes us all like three months of free prime or something or prime for a year because their shipping has been awful. And I've had one time I emailed a seller about something and they started to say COVID. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, I get that. I want to be sensitive to that, but I don't agree with that because it shipped. And I saw where it shipped from. It's like, there's no excuses out of my house. It was like, like almost in the, the county next to me. I was so hot. Um, I get when, it. I totally get Because everybody's like, now it's their excuse. Like, sorry for the delay, COVID. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, eh, I don't think so. In your pajamas, not mailing stuff. Yeah, right. And I mean, I'm glad that there's still people out there delivering and doing all that stuff. So that's great. You know, appreciate their, their, you know, keeping it moving and all that. Get a little frustrated, you know, from you and I's standpoint. Here we're talking about capital and Jeff Bezos might be the first trillionaire ever. So, um, you know, that's a little frustrating. And But I get you with the PPE stuff. Um, I started looking into it and I'm like, I didn't really have an income last year and I don't, I was like, I don't really need it. Now, if I was starting to really dig in and getting a lot of clients, and if I was going to step away from my day job, I probably would have seeked out a loan, you know, sought it out and be like, yeah, I'm going to take this loan and get going and, and, you know, get it paid back. And I know, um, books and brews, have you heard of them? Yeah. Yeah. So I follow the Southside one pretty religiously, um, on Instagram and interact. And plus I interact with, uh, Jason Rolfall, I'm going to butcher his last name on, uh, LinkedIn. And, he had posted on LinkedIn that um, two weeks ago was getting a PPE loan and he was looking for all these positions. So I emailed him because I had mentioned something. I was like, Hey, you know, I can help you. And he goes, well, I have to have W2 workers. So I emailed him. It's like, Hey, you know, I could possibly step down from what I'm doing. If it's going to be something permanent, I never got anything back from him yet because I know he got bombarded. Um, but there's one of those things where I'm like, well, probably not really going to go that route, but because I, I don't want to be, responsible for someone else's business if they get all that money in a loan and they can't get it back. <laughs> so that's kind of scary too. And that was one of his fears about taking it because they only give you a certain amount of time. And then the state hadn't even been opened back up. You know, they're going to yeah. give you, I don't know, we'll say just throw a number out 50 grand, but you can't open your business that really relies on people to be in there. And when you do open, it's only 50%. Right. So, but now I think we're going up to 75%. 
So. No, I get it. And, but even, you know, even though, you know, so I, I go to church every Sunday and our church last week um, reopened the sanctuary for our second service to let people come in. Yeah. That was kind of a big deal. And my husband, he does the lights for our service. So we were in the balcony, which, you know, we're obviously pretty far away from everyone, but the amount of people that attended was very slim pickings. Right. And to be expected. And I think even with the restaurant industry, they're having the same feeling like even though the restaurants open 75% capacity or 50% capacity, the people actually going to the restaurants is still very low. And see, that's what's, that's, what's kind of weird. Cause um, being in Greenwood Park mall on Friday, you know, it's 50% occupancy and all that stuff. Um, the mall was packed. Oh, I mean, wow. It was like a normal, I mean, it was Friday. It was like that's a normal right. Saturday in Greenwood Park mall. They only had two entrances even open to the mall. It was loaded. Interesting. Yeah, like in the, a, lot in the mall. Of, a lot of customers wearing face masks. No, I'd say 1% of the people in the entire mall. Cause I, I ran down to the Starbucks on my lunch break and, um, was in there and uh, Simon Properties is stating, oh, you know, we really require that all workers in the mall wear them. Nothing about the shoppers. So um, it's a weird, it's going to be a weird thing. It's going to be weird, I think, for a couple, couple more weeks. I think as, you know, as we hit June, as things really start, the floodgates start to open up here in Indiana, I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, we um, got our first testing center in Kokomo. Which is crazy because Kokomo, when all it really went down, Howard County was pretty strict about a lot of things. So and they shut down pretty quick. They did. They did. They had a non-essential order in place where people yeah. weren't even allowed to like buy it. They had, they had to put like caution tape over like aisles where it was stuff that they deemed non-essential. So you weren't allowed to even go wandering down there. Well, you know, and it's funny because I would, we'll say April 1st, um, a little bit before the week or two before that our oldest kids started working at target. And I kind of thought that same thing as well. I'm like, what do you need to go in there and, and shop for, you know, girls denim shorts, buy that crap online and have it sent to your house, you know, and, and all that stuff. And it was, there were some days where um, two of my friends that worked there, like it's packed, like targets packed. I'm like, what are they buying? They're like, not food. Yeah. Oh yeah. Unreal. And, it, and it's, there's certain places as well where social distancing is, it's, that's not even like in anyone's vocabulary at all. You know, right, people are just in your sense. business and Lowe's was one of them. And then people taking their kids out. And that's what I saw a lot of, um, in Greenwood mall and in, um, Costco yesterday. Um, Costco took down the majority of all their social distancing things in the store except for a few stickers up by the registers. They weren't even directing traffic anymore at the registers. And there were 30, 40 kids in there. Wow. Like, I don't know about you. Like, I don't, I still don't feel comfortable taking my children into a public place. Either. I'm not like a fear driven person, but I'm yeah. also not an irresponsible person. So, yeah. you know, it's like, I don't want to make anything worse than I have to. And yeah. my daughter just, she's just been told that we can't really take her to the store because of the coronavirus. And she knows that we go for walks and, that's about as wild as it gets. Yeah. We did go park once and slid down a slide when nobody was looking. <laughs> That's we, um, they just replaced right as literally the day, I think it was the day Marion County pretty much shut down. They opened up our park. They just installed new equipment. I was like, you're not playing on it. We let them go down there because we live like, there's, yeah. one, house, uh, there's one house between us and the park. So we're like, 
okay, you guys get a little bit, but after that, you're not playing on it anymore until till this slows down a little bit. It's and, awkward. You're like, well, you know, there's nobody out there, but maybe yeah. uh, I don't want to. Oh, that's not off, the problem. I'll never get off. <laughs> Half the neighborhood's been on it, so I'm like, eh, I'm like, oh, I don't want to wow. be that guy. Yeah, it's been weird. So, so I guess like really kind of the last thing, and you know, as the title of the podcast goes, um, how social is your media? So, so how much of your social media like is, is doing well for you, the challenges you've had lately, and especially, I guess we can push it around a little bit of the COVID stuff. So, so I run four Instagram accounts. Oh, you've got me by, by one. <laughs> so the first Instagram account is my indie mompreneur account. And uh-huh. that's my main personal page. I use that to kind of network through. And then I've got my USW Kokomo account, which is the account that I created when I started being active on the brunch. And that's what I promote the podcast heavily through. That page is mostly, you know, networking with other women in the Kokomo area. But I've since tried to spend some more time on there engaging with other female podcasters. Okay. And then I have my massage studio account. Mm-hmm. which is Greater Kokomo Massage. And that is what I use to book my massage appointments through. I do all, I don't have a Facebook page for my massage business. I have a website, but I funnel everything through Instagram. It's my most comfortable platform. And then lastly, sure. my business podcast editing page yeah. that I have grown to love the most out oh. of all of my accounts. I feel like I finally mastered my, social media marketing um, algorithms and look and the energy and the vibe that I want. And that gallery is very sharp looking. And I really, I love the content that I've been producing on that page. You know, and I, and I want to like, I mean, I'm going to literally like high five you, fist bump you, whatever, however you want to do it. Yay. Um, I, when I, when I cycle through and I see different ones and it's, it's kind of bad. I've lost some followers. Um, because I think some people think you like, like just a like, like, no, I'm not going to like your crap. If I don't like your stuff, like if it's junk, I'm not going to hit the heart button. Like that's not part of it. And I try to comment if I have a meaningful comment on people's content as well, because you do have to fight the algorithm, which I want to touch on a second. Cause you did bring that kind of up like the SEO and all that stuff. But I, I like your business, your business podcast, anything. I'm like, Ooh, I kind of like this and I kind of see it. And you know, it got my head, my head kind of turning and burning like, Ooh, that's a good service. And, but like you said, I think really the one thing just to silo that one is the, the content's very fresh. And, and I, I had somebody scold me cause I said fresh or something in one of my posts. I'm like, get over it, dude. Like that's one of my friends He's like, you said clean and unique or something. I'm like, because it's clean and unique. That's why I said it. Dummy. And you know, and yeah, I it, wanted a nice crisp clean feel with my editing page because I feel like you're, looking at my editing page and it doesn't look cohesive then maybe you will think that my editing will not be flowing yeah like dude you're gonna like put the the, the front at the or the, the back and you know it's all gonna be chopped up weird and, and it's and, a nice first impression and then and again like you and as you do break it down and that's a good reason why and the reason why i called the podcast how social is your media is because your social media has to be social um I do care about conversion. I do want to make money from my social media, but if it doesn't get your attention and you don't want to react with it, it's pointless. 
because I agree. because of the algorithm the matrix doesn't like it and it gives you the other pill um there's all my geek references for one time but um how much of that do you feel because like you said it seems like the the business one is doing better for you is it because you've crispened everything with that one or given it a different i wouldn't say it's crisper it's just a different look because it's a different business compared to the other ones that you run because i mean i think i follow all your accounts and i do get a different vibe from it so you think that's something that's kind of cheated the algorithm a little bit I mean, I think it has drawn a lot of extra attention because if you look at the gallery, I've got this cohesiveness with how the columns lay. But I also have noticed, and this is with my personal account also, that if I invest quality time on my social media accounts and I go through and I hit my favorite hashtags and I engage with five to ten accounts whenever I'm putzing around, that the retention is there, right? Yeah. And so I feel like social media, like a lot of things, is a numbers game. And being that I like to gamble, I know I'll hit eventually. So right. always bet on black. <laughs> yeah. And so it's been fun. Like if I force myself to engage with 100 posts today from my personal account and I only get, you know, three responses back, that's still three more responses than I had yesterday. Right. So let's talk real quick because. Um, I had Ben Bass and, and, and Angie Bass, their authors, husband-wife duo. They've written, their books are fantastic. And I'm not saying that because I went to high school with Ben. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed them. I did the audio books because sitting still to read just doesn't happen. But they spoke a lot about the algorithm when I asked them how social their media is and, and how they've been trying to battle that. So it's, to me, it's a shame that now where social media is at, it's always had an al algorithm to it to for exposure but do you feel sometimes like it's just more of a pain in the rear end having to fight the algorithm than just being on and and being able to produce content that you feel is right for the people that follow you or you're going to engage with yeah something i've had to really kind of get over and i think this past year i've really grown in that area is you know a i had to really accept that if nobody likes the post that doesn't mean they didn't see the post right but b I'm not putting this content out there for the likes, right? Like I want yeah. somebody to get something out of this, but I know with the algorithms, one thing that's really cha challenged me is, you know, I don't post regularly. I'm not somebody that posts on a personal account every couple of days. I'm not somebody that wants to spam you. And with four accounts, let's face it, I don't have the time. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. So, um, I have tried to be more regular with my Instagram stories on my personal page, mm -hmm. but I'm noticing that it's maybe 10% of my following actually sees my Instagram story. And I don't think that it's out of lack of interest. Yeah. And so I've started posting more. Thanks. Um, buzzing blonde kind of like that's one of the big things she's always talking about is you know stories and those different things at first stories were annoying but they've been making a lot of changes and adding cool stickers and different things you could do so i've taken advantage of that and plus it's it, during this time i've been wanting to just showcase like you know little dumplings or those different things like throw them up on the story so i've seen that and i've noticed a little bit more traction but what i think is hilarious is i'll put a basic story up and the next thing you know it's like some weird random person that has like 3 million followers viewing my story. And I'm like, how am I getting that person to look at it? But I can't get 
50% of my follower base to look at it. You know what I mean? So, right. or that person with the 3 million followers that doesn't even follow you will <laughs> pop back up on your story multiple times. Like, yeah. A robot or a real person. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, I feel like one of the things I like about the Instagram story and I'm sure just like how you're giving the shout outs, it's, you know, it's a nice way of, giving people updates of what's going on in your life without having to be like, and look today I did this on my Instagram gallery where everybody's like, I don't really care that you did that today. Like, Yeah. You know, when Instagram first started, it was, you know, can I make it look like a Polaroid picture? And um, here's a picture of my food. And I honestly, until I started running my business, I hated Instagram. So, but That's I realized, realized that, that I had to engage more with it. So, so back to, and, and this is, uh, funny because I started my business only on Facebook. I'm like, I'm going to run a social media company. I'm going to use all social media accounts. I'm not going to have a website. So why no Facebook? So initially I didn't start a Facebook page because of me being a massage therapist working for a corporation. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do anything that would ethically jeopardize my position. Mm-hmm. And even though I had a contract that said I wasn't allowed to do massage services within like five miles of that location. And I knew I was safe. I didn't want to scare anyone, you know, and a lot of my bosses were older than me and not as, you know, fluent in Instagram. So I thought that was just the smarter route to go. (laughs) (laughs) I discovered that Kokomo people don't really use Instagram. Like I'm having a harder time growing that social media account out of all of them because I search things like Kokomo, Indiana, and it's like the same couple businesses posting every month. <laughs> right. You just try to find something else around there that breaks into that algorithm. And the best thing, like I, I've noticed a little bit when I get some decent reach, because I like like just looking at my impressions and the, the reach and like the little, the small metrics. Um, because I don't necessarily, like I said, I'm not going for a heart. Like I, if you double tap, cool, thanks. Like I appreciate that. If you comment, even better, because I'm going to comment back. Um, but it, it's just really like, I just want to make sure that I'm sharing content that can be social with everyone. And it's, I've noticed where I, I like to really target, like I actually have built in since I've done so many different ads. Like I have like, a, I, I call one big time. It's, it's Atlanta, I think Atlanta, Chicago, New York, and LA that I, I did a, a small little test that I only uh, targeted the audiences there with my podcast one time on Instagram and I, I don't know I think I spent maybe a hundred bucks and I think I got like 20 plays from those areas so I thought it was a little interesting but then when I do and this is why sometimes I think I really challenge the algorithm I did a, a really specialized one that was really I live in the northwest corner of Indianapolis and it was a 10 or 15 mile radius so I was really just trying to find someone around here to do some to marketing work for and spent 50 bucks it's not a lot of money you know just playing around throw some money out at it throw it for five days most of my people are from california i'm like i didn't even advertise in california so it's like it's kind of hard for you if you want to target kokomo is it really going to truly work for you and sometimes I, and i you know day into the ad is like is this ad meeting your expectations no here's why because you suck <laughs> you know? ad rejected Oh, oh my gosh. I get them rejected. I'd say my, my rejection rates, 85% of my ads get denied 
and then I because hit. The reason is crap always, right? Like they give you the most vague garbage reason. You're like, well, because it didn't meet the qualifications. Well, what does that even mean? What we're going to read the policy. Well, the policy is trash. Yeah, that's like reading the Constitution. It's it's <laughs> like posted on vague book. Um, and then you look at it, and it's it's the, um, <laughs> what is it? Uh, there was there was use of branding or something like that in there. And one of the ones I said is, so I can't promote a fellow Instagrammer and you don't want your own crap promoted and you don't like my money. Five minutes later, it was approved. I, I, I just, I don't get you it. You can and, appeal it, right? Yeah. And I think yeah. it's also um, based, I think there's like people that are going through and physically approving the ads because I have had ads that get approved that a couple hours later are removed. Oh, see, I've never had one removed. What? I've, like you 85%. Ago. You took three dollars from me. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing too. Or and then once they once they finally approve it after you appeal it, it's like they go back to when you first started it. That could have been I've had one an appeal take 24 hours, and they went back 24 hours and counted it from then. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not how that works. You gotta go from the time you approve it. So yeah, so it's it's kind of weird. And I mean and I get where you're going and where you're saying like, you know, it's like trying to get that, that right mix of, of Kokomo and how you can get it to work for you with your so, massage business. So I direct people to my social media account from them in person. And I've started working on like my public speaking. And that's my plan going forward is to start doing different workshops and speaking engagements to promote my massage studio. And then I can just funnel them to my massage page yeah. to then book their appointments. <laughs> And I, and you know, the, the one main thing, I mean, this is just me throwing it out there, like, especially cause it's Indiana. Um, sorry, Hoosiers, <laughs> but it's cupping. Like I've always wanted to try that, but a lot of people are like, I don't even know what that is. Like what the crap is cupping. So it, maybe that's something you post on that and you know, Kokomo, I don't know how you hashtag it and all that stuff, but really showcasing that because it's one, I, that was probably one of the ones I'm like, I would definitely try that. It, look, it looks like it would really help. So I don't yeah, know. It's been the cupping and I also have a, it's like a massage gun. It's a, a percussion gun. And that's another oh, popular item that people really like. I'm sure I don't know if you've seen any of the ads, but um, it's this cool automated gun that I use to warm up everyone's massages and, I bring it with me when I travel and that's kind of a nice icebreaker. People really geek out about that. Yeah. They started selling those at like Dick Sporting Goods and a few of those oh, places. Sure. And I'm like, I was kind of intimidated by it. It looks just like a big like power tool. And I'm like, that thing, I'm not spending does, $400 on that. And it was huge. I'm like, you're going to wear your arm out trying to just use that on yourself. That's something you'd want to have like someone else use on a you. A professional do it on you. Exactly. Because you're how many people think that, you know, they can just get it and it'll be just as good as when they get it as a massage service or, you know, it initially was big in the physical therapy offices. Right. And since immersed itself into everything else. Right. And I've had a lot of friends that are like, oh, yeah, 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 they'll go and get one. And sure, I'm sure it feels good, but they also make it clear that it doesn't feel the same as when I do it. Right. And that's, that's what's always funny that, and I, I have a friend that she actually just started a blog about kind of professionally written way about her horror stories of being in the beauty industry. And she did massage and she's an esthetician, done different things like that. And just talking about all the, just the craziness and how people just, 
they don't get it. Like, well, why are you charging me that when so-and-so can do this? And she wanted me a couple of years ago to possibly help her with some advertising things. And then she's like, you know what? No, I'm not going to discount my work. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And so she actually just got out of it and got into a different field, but it was tough. She was in Fort Wayne and was actually living in Huntington doing some work. And she's like, I just, I had to get out because she went to a, a spa or a, not a spa place. She went to more of a professional medical end of being an esthetician and that place was very toxic. So she got out. So it ruined but everything. Another good point too, just like the massage gun, you know, the weight of it is not light. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of clients perceive that this is almost like a help me tool. And <laughs> you know, any tool that you have as a massage therapist is still a tool. And, you know, I'm still using my hands. I still have to hold it. Like it's still, <laughs> it's still work. Well, and, and and correct me if I'm wrong, please do. It just seems like that thing would do a different tissue or different pressure or however you want to look at it. I just see it as being different than what right, right. you can do here. And, and I think that cupping, cupping, you know, I'm not, I don't have to sit there and physically do anything after the cups have been applied, but that doesn't mean that I didn't do any work. Yeah. And it, you know, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay, here, like just put them on <laughs> random places. Like, no, that's not how that works. Like you are smart. You have training for that. You've been educated and you've spent money to learn these things. And that's, that's why that, that business and goes back to like how we were talking pre-show about, uh, you know, doing hair and all that stuff. Like, it's just weird. So well, and that was one of the big things that I thought if I just kept cupping and the trigger point with the massage gun that, you know, I've really got a good specialty going that sets myself apart from maybe people that were looking at the spa industry, you know, mm-hmm. if you're looking for like a frou-frou massage, you know that you're probably not getting that when you go to see me. Yeah. And unfortunately too, I think sometimes the massage industry has a, a stigma about it, especially in smaller towns, maybe, um, you know, so oh, yeah. those... I mean, I have to see male clients in my massage studio and I'm sure you can imagine like there's probably some people that think it's weird. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, I don't feel weird about it. I've been doing this since 2006 and yeah. obviously my husband doesn't feel weird about it. And it's just, it's interesting to me how many people are like, you know, is that creepy? Do you have to do it? <laughs> I keep pepper spray in my office. <laughs> like, I don't blame you. Worst scenario. <laughs> there are cameras all over the chamber building. You know, I don't see anyone really late at night. Like, so I think about, you know, you have to be smart about what you're doing and you have to be respectful. And I think if you are carrying yourself a certain way, people are not thinking that you're offering anything weird either. Yeah. And that's, and that's just the thing. And again, I think it's like until you really experience it or have a good experience, because there are two differences, you know, you can experience it and you know not whatever. know either yeah <laughs> Woo-hoo. and um that's what they all do <laughs> that's what that one no anyways but you know that's um that's just the that's the big thing and like i said i it's still something i try to like been trying to get my wife like hey you know obviously pre-covid like we should go do all this and go have a just us day and leave the kids at home and she's like no dude that just seems weird i'm like all right okay well, there is a really cool place I think your wife might like, though, and I don't know if you've heard of it. I think they're in Westfield or Carmel. It's called Recovery Room. Mm-mm. It's close it's, by. It's basically, check them out. like, you pay, like, $20. You can go spend, like, all day there, and they have the little massage guns, so you can massage gun each other. Mm. They have, like, um, these body suits that you can put on. It's like a compression therapy suit. So it like squeezes your muscles. They have, like, a cryotherapy room, a float tank room. They have all these different different options that you could spend like a day together and do different things together. 
Ooh, nice little shout out for them, I guess. I, I've been wanting to do um like the the tanks, the the deprivation the tanks. tanks. Yeah, like I thought that'd be really cool. And then there was another there's like a salt bath or something. I don't know exactly what it was, but um, uh, someone I work with was telling me about it. They have them out on the East Coast, and it's pretty crazy. So, yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Well, um, again, so since we're on Instagram, well, you're on Instagram, obviously. So let's let everyone know what those Instagram accounts are. Oh, my. So you can follow me on my personal page, Indie Mompreneur. Okay. Follow the podcast information at USW Kokomo. If you want a massage, you can go to Greater Kokomo Massage. Or if you want podcast editing services, you can go to the Business Podcast Editor. Right. And that's amazing that you got Business Podcast Editor. Like, I can't even believe that username was available. I was surprised also. I would like, no one has thought of this. this is yeah, it's, uh, it's like... You know, you didn't get, you know, business podcatter, podcast editor 327. You know, how like when it's already taken, you get like random ass numbers on the yeah, yeah. end. So. But yeah, that's cool. So, all right. Well, it's been a pleasure. Um, I'll let you get, I think we're both like sitting here. I'm like, oh man, it's almost dinner time. So. We were hungry before this started. <laughs> I know, right? That's, uh, I'm like, oh, uh, I, I missed out on cooking dinner tonight. Uh, um, and I don't know, it's been raining down here. So I was going to grill. Same something. here. The curbside pickup. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think we might be doing fried chicken fried rice tonight. I, I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. I'm in the basement. I'm down here. There you go. <laughs> so well, awesome. Thank well, you, yeah. Thank you, Julie. Uh, it was great speaking. And um, yeah, let me know, hit me up on some of those people. You know, if there's anyone you had any more information you need and all that stuff and I'll do the same. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We enjoy having you listen to the show, and I really, truly hope you enjoyed listening to Julie Deem. It's always a pleasure to have a podcaster on and also somebody that's just into all the different levels of being an entrepreneur that she is. And it was great. Um, please be sure you visit her, Indie Mompreneur. You can also check out United States of Women Podcast or at USW Kokomo. And then also Greater Kokomo Massage is another Instagram page that she operates. Please give it a follow. And again, if you need a business podcast edited, maybe even any podcast edited, how about you check out the business podcast editor? She has great rates. Please support. And again, thanks for, as always for listening to How Social Is Your Media. And if anything you need for digital marketing to your own podcast or even social media management, check out pixelsandpeeps.com. Be sure to even leave us a rating on the podcast player that you listen to.